G'day Legends Legendaries, welcome to another episode of Generation Get To It, a sugar hit of positivity and health for you to get the most out of yourself to inspire this generation and the next. Make sure you like, subscribe to get the latest episodes and share the word to get more people out there changing their lives for the better. For today's episode, we have the incredibly inspiring ultramarathon runner, Zach O'Neill. Zach just seems like an everyday bloke when you meet him, but he's seriously got a lot of talent and a great head on his shoulders. He works a full 40-hour week, as well as also going to the gym four times and making sure that he runs at particular times a year well over 100 kilometers every single week to train up for his events. He's got a great resume in terms of his races he's completed. Now, most notably did the Coast to Cozzy race, which is a 240-kilometer ultramarathon from Eden in the south coast of New South Wales, which is by the ocean, all the way to the highest point in Australia, Mount Kosciuszko. Aligning up for that event again this year, actually, which you should definitely get jump onto because it's happening just next week. And he's also done a whole bunch of other trails along the way as well, as well as the Valderun 110k. He's done the Moon Marathon in Jordan, which he got a silver medal in. He's done a 130km Lara Pinta Trail in Alice Springs. And also he's done uh, races like the UTA 100km in the Blue Mountains. He's got a great resume, but most importantly, he's just a really great guy. Zach is incredibly humble, and you'll find out that really quickly in terms of the way that he speaks and the way that he frames his challenges and the way that his life is up to this point. If you find that you're someone personally who doesn't feel like they're a runner and they're not good enough to be able to go out there and do a race or anything like that, I highly recommend you listen to his episode because Zach speaks about how he was an overweight teenager that never really felt like he could be a runner to being in the position where he is now through pure hard work. So if you want to find out all the lessons and all the trials and tribulations that he's gone through to be the person that he is now and how you can do the same or inspire your teenager and the next generation to be that person that you want them to be, then definitely jump into the episode right now, listen up, open your mind to the possibilities of what you can do for your future and those around you and just let's see what happens. Let's get to it. Nice. Um, are you still doing much weights training? Yeah, heaps. I fucking uh, I'll stop swearing from now that we're recording. <laughs> um, uh, I've been loving the gym, eh? Like I've, I swear I've been liking it more than running. Like running's just been like so crazy at the moment. Yeah, and I've been doing four ten-hour days at work, so I get Friday off and like starting work seven till five, and then trying to go to the gym before work is like such a struggle. So. But I love it. I've been loving it, eh? It's just like, I love like blending the two together, like lifting and, and running. It's just, yeah, it's so sick. I'm even thinking about getting like my accreditation with like PT. And then I've got a coaching running course in like two weekends. So I want to try and like blend the two together and be able to coach people to do both. So yeah, I've been fucking loving the ways, eh? So, yeah so such such an oxymoron to being an endurance athlete though yeah Where, like you just never lift weights but then you're out there i think you hit it like you hit it like four times a week don't you around that yeah usually four times a week some some days i'll skip like one of the my double up session because i'll usually hit both body parts on the fourth day so i've already hit them in the week and like after the after coast to cozy like i'll be probably going five days a week but at the moment, four is like probably pushing it as it is, like doing 130k a week nearly with elevation. So it's like uh, you're kind of just maintaining the muscle. Like you can't really put any on because 
even like I'm constantly in a deficit and I don't want to like put on too much weight for the race. So it's kind of this weird like situation. But then I'm like after Coast because you also want to try and get like super lean so I can because I'm going to go for a marathon next. And I also want to get super lean, but then I'm like in the same mind. I was like, oh, maybe I should like bulk a bit and like put on some like muscle and stuff. So I'm just like in two minds about it. I don't know what to do. It's hard. So, yeah, well, it is summer by the time you finish Coast of Cozzy. So you're right in the season of it to look big yeah. and strong. <laughs> um, but how heavy are you anyway? How heavy are you? Um, it's in about 86 kilos. Yeah, like that's so, super heavy for an endurance athlete, though. I find most of those guys are like, 70 or even high 60s yeah uh, i don't think i could get down to that weight without being like super gaunt and like i've kind of come to the realization like i'm not going to be killian jordan so it's like i might as well just do these races and try and like still look like aesthetic as well so i'm trying to like blend the two together which is not easy to do but i just like yeah i'm not going to be like super professional so there's no point in me being like 69 kilos like i'd have to get like and i love to eat as well so it's just like i'll <laughs> torture myself to get down to that way i don't think i could even get there so i'm <laughs> like kind of big anyway like my shoulders are wide and like a big barrel bloody chest like my dad so i don't even think i could get down that low to be honest i, I would look like i don't even know if i yeah i don't even know if i could do it but yeah, it is, a, it is a bit heavy. That's why the mountainous races really cook me because I'm, like, got, like, 10 kilos on everyone else, especially up the front of the, like, front, the front of the race. So, yeah. It's, yeah, know. well, it's, it's funny, yeah, because you, you look at you as a person and you wouldn't exactly think endurance runner. Like, you think you are a runner in general, but, like, you wouldn't be the guy, you wouldn't look and you'd be like, oh, he's, he, this is Zach, he's the guy who smashes out 240k races or 100 mile races in the middle of the desert or climbing mountains right like i find that if you were to kind of put you as a stereotype you'd probably be someone who's maybe like a half marathon or something like a 10k specialist because you got yeah muscle. i kind of like it because like if i do bad the race and i'm like oh i'm too heavy i'm not, not a good runner and they're like i go in the gym i'm like i'm a runner i'm not big like you guys i can't do anything like that so it's like I get to use that excuse for both things. But, yeah, I kind of like it when someone's like, oh, you don't look like a runner. Like I'm, people, like when I'm at family things, they're like, oh, they go to my brother, I'll say, you're the runner. <laughs> and my brother's like, nah, it's him. And they're like, what the hell? You don't look like <laughs> So, yeah, it's cool. Like I like rocking up to races and people just be like, oh, this guy's like pretty heavy. They're like, do all right. So, yeah, it's, I don't know, it's pretty cool. I like it. Yeah, I think it's good to crush the stereotypes. Like you said, yeah. I think it's really, really interesting, especially when you have, I'm sure you rock up to some of these races and everyone kind of looks at you and you're like, nah, he's overweight. He's not going to be able to do this one. And then yeah. you end up finishing it and then the race and everyone's like, Jesus Christ, mate, like something something inside you that we didn't see. Yeah, like like Ross Edgley and those type of guys as well, like they're built, like they're massive and they're just like he's swam around Great Britain like looking like that. It's like it's ridiculous. And like, dude, yeah. like Nick Bear and all that, like jacked guys that are like doing these races. Like, you don't have to, like, yeah, you might have to be like, you might have to look like a typical runner to win these this stuff, and like win, um, like the top of the top of the tip of the spear type races. But the races that I'm doing, like, I could still like do relatively well and look the way I do. So yeah, I just, that's what I enjoy. So I'm not gonna be like 
the best in the world. But I mean, I'm going to have fun and try and look the best I can while doing it, which is hard, which is sounds very shallow. But like when I was a kid, I was just like always that chubby, like kid that wasn't had no confidence whatsoever. So now I'm starting to actually enjoy the way I look and enjoy the process of getting my body to where I want it to be. And it's a, like, it's a never ending goal. Like you're constantly chasing it and you'll never get to the finish line. But like the process of trying to get there is like, it's addictive. And uh, yeah, I'm obsessed with it. I love it so much. Like I love tracking all my food. Like love the whole nutritional side behind it and the training and like the grind of it. It's just, yeah, it's so, it's so fun. So, yeah. Yeah, it's very process orientated. And that's one thing I learned from coaching athletes for a long time is that there there's like an optimal way to train someone, right? But the thing is, though, there's all these other factors which come into it. Like, can I look good? Because I want to be able to like, if I'm going to be, be a poster boy, I want to make sure that I feel confident in my skin, uh, you know, when they put me up on there. Or being able to, like I spoke, I had a, Jared Hughes on the podcast not too long ago, who won silver medal at the Olympics, snowboarding a couple of years ago. And he said that although it's important for him to train, he also needs to make sure that he looks good as well because it makes him feel better. And if he feels better, he's going to feel more confident going to his races. 100%. Yeah, it's all like, it's all linked together. Like if you're not confident in yourself and like who you are as a person, then everything else is going to be a lot harder. So you need to have like that. You need to have confidence is like the biggest thing. But yeah, no, nice. too far and be like overconfident and like put too much emphasis on that. So it's a it's a fine line, I think, between the two. But, yeah, no, definitely. Like there is like a balance aspect to it, but I also think that there is when it comes to endurance racing, like it's it's not exactly uh, a sport where balance is like at the forefront of your mind right because you are pushing yourself to extremes like just listening to your day sounds like an extreme way to live your life where you're lifting weights lifting weights going to work for 10 hours going for a long run like i saw you i think you clocked up like a 20k maybe i think it was last night or something Uh, just just to get it done um like it's a pretty extreme way to live your life so it doesn't seem like you tend to live things uh passively but tend to be quite aggressive in your approach to to actually getting things done yeah, it can be a bit, it does get a bit crazy, but like I'm deep in the middle of a block right now. So it's not like always like this, but I'm like, I move every day. Like there's no, like I don't really take any rest days. Like today is my rest day from running, but like I'll go to the gym after this and might get a ride in this afternoon. So it's not like constantly like on the go, but in the middle of a block, it's, it does get a bit hectic, but I don't know. It's, it's just, a, I don't even like, it's a struggle, but I enjoy it. Like it's good. It's it makes time go really fast. But that's one thing you got to do is like just stop and appreciate your life because it goes so fast. Like it's literally, I wake up in the morning, like four thirty in the morning, like gym, work, and come home. And I don't even have time to like go on my phone or like message people or anything. Like I don't even have time to watch YouTube videos, which I like doing. I usually like to like watch a YouTube video before I go for a run, and I like fall asleep on the lounge. But now it's just like straight into the run, and I like got to run, come home dinner, bed, and it's just like repeat, 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 repeat. So once the like once the day's over, it's just like it's like a gone in like a flash. So yeah, you need to like just really appreciate and stop and like appreciate your life because it just goes it feels like it's going very quick. Like 
when I was like overseas like six weeks ago for like six months and that felt like it was like two weeks ago. It was like um like a month and a half, two months ago nearly now. So yeah. Yeah. It's going no, I can good. I, I can totally see that because I could see that you're over there having a really good time enjoying yourself and traveling. But I imagine there was in the back of your mind that you're still over there training and doing some, you know, massive trying to achieve some massive goals at the same time. So it is really hard to live in the moment. But I do find, like you said there, that it's really important to slow down at times and understand that the grind that you put yourself through, uh, although it's important to get to the end goal, it's still really important to appreciate the times you have. And I read this quote from uh, the Dalai Lama yesterday that I think probably sums up what you said. Now, he sacrifices his health in order to make money, then he sacrifices money to recuperate his health, and then he is so anxious about the future that he does not enjoy the present, the result being that he does not live in the present or the future. He lives as if he's never going to die, and then he dies having never really lived. Yeah, yeah 100%. Like, you gotta, like, get busy living or get busy died. But, yeah, you need to, like... Oh, you have to take it. You have to like just stop and just take it all in because you, you move so fast. Like my brother got married uh, at the start of the year in February, and I was just like had this moment where I was just sitting there, just like looking around at all my family, and just like, and I knew that in six months' time I was gonna look back at this and be like, that was such a good moment, and like my family might never ever be in all this room together, like this having this like crazy, like night celebrating my brother getting married. So. I just love taking like little snapshots like that and just being like, this is like such an amazing moment and you need to like really appreciate it because it can change like so quickly and like if like a relative dies or something like that, like you're never going to get that time back. So yeah, you need to like really just soak it all in and just appreciate what you have. And I think that's what a lot of people in this country don't really realise. Like, I mean, I'm not perfect, but sometimes I'll just like, have this real like trivial like i'm pissed pissed off about something like traffic or something stupid like that and just all you have to do is just like realize that we're, we get to live in this amazing country and there's so much bullshit that goes on overseas that we don't have to deal with in this country so i don't know it's just good to like step back and just have a look at at it from that lens so like if i'm whinging about training or i've had a hard day at work or whatever like it's good to just realize that it's like that's like a privilege to to put yourself through that pain. Like it's like I have to force myself on this pain and like make myself tired by doing this stuff. Whereas other people have to like live that every single day. And they like they don't get to choose that, but we actually get to choose like our hard. So yeah, it's just lots of Yeah, you just have to take a step back and just realise that we've got it pretty good over here. So yeah, it's that's one thing I try and do a lot, but I'm not perfect, but I'm trying to do that as much as I can. Yeah, that's really, really wise. I think I honestly, I agree with everything you just said then. I find that being able to <clears throat> actively be aware of the decision to enjoy the process or to even actively doing do something difficult because I find like the times where you're not doing something challenging are the times that you find that your 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 mind is kind of working the hardest right where it's actually not enjoying what it's doing as much and and you don't get that sense of like 
enjoyment which comes and gratitude which comes from doing challenging things but I do find these like I said like it's it's a real privilege to be able to choose which hard you can you can do on that day um as opposed to you know living in in poverty or in a, a political nightmare where you don't get to make your own choices you have to live by someone else's law but when you can live by your own law and you know your hard can be just going out for a long run or going to the gym or even just trying to like eat a relatively stable diet which is can be quite challenging for a lot of people like that itself is a massive privilege and so i really like how you said you have those moments of appreciation and gratitude do you have like any practices that you do daily or is there anything that you do to constantly remind yourself of these moments not really but i probably should implement something like that maybe just like 10 minutes in the morning just to like like some kind of like little meditation gratitude meditation type thing but i don't really have any like set i think i've just been so locked into like training for this race that i just get stuck in this routine and just like the same shit every day but maybe i should i probably should implement something like that i think i just it just will randomly come to me in like certain moments like if i'm like on a run and i just see like this little like something just reminds me also like a nice view or something like that so it kind of just comes to me in the moment I don't really know but yeah maybe I should implement something like that I'd, I'd say yeah well I could I could definitely see um you using it as a tactic throughout races like I definitely use it when I was training uh and like running marathons and everything I found like the moments like especially like during the the Berlin marathon when I ran that because that one was, I found that one quite difficult because I wasn't, I was injured leading into the race and I was having a terrible time mentally trying to get myself into it. But when I got to the start line and you just like feel the atmosphere and you go, oh my God, like what an absolute privilege to be here with like 40,000 people and have all these like Oompa German bands playing around and just like having these moments where I'm like, God, like this is, this is my, the number one race I ever wanted to do. Although I'm injured and haven't been able to run for the last month, I still feel like this is a truly like, amazing moment and i just felt in that moment that all my pain went away and then being able to like use that throughout the race and just every couple k was just like either catching the the music or the atmosphere and using that because i can imagine when you're in your when you ran your race in we'll we'll go into your races now but like the moon marathon in in jordan or the uh the races in like the pyrenees and things like the valderone uh 110k like I can imagine all those races were seriously challenging, but I find that I'm sure there were probably moments in here where you kind of had had a look at the view or you're running through a desert being like, this is really fucking cool. Yeah. Uh, Do you find as well, like if like you've got a hard session coming up and you're like dreading to do it, like if I ever have that moment where I, I don't want to go out for a run, I just think back to like times, like when you were saying you were training for Berlin, like, there's nothing more that you want, would have wanted to do than go out and get a good solid training run in, but you couldn't because you were injured. So like, I always think about that. Like I'm whinging about this right now. Like I'm tired or like, I don't want to go. It's raining or something. But back when I was injured, like I would have killed to be able to be in this position right now. So that's something that I always think back as well. So I don't know if you do that, but that's something that yeah. I try and draw on whenever I'm being a sook. So that's always a good one in the tool belt to have. But yeah, like those races overseas, was, uh, I was kind of every single day I would have a moment where I was just like, this is just insane. Like I'm so 
privilege that I get to be here and do this stuff, especially in like that full moon like, full moon race in Jordan, like running through Wadi Rum in the middle, like it was like ten o'clock at night under like a full moon. Yeah, tell us tell us how the whole race began and how it finished. Like, what's the actual race? How does it take place? Uh well, I was like, I had planned to go to Europe to do a race at the start of the year. Like, I was going to be in Europe anyway, so I was like, I'm going to get a good race ticked off over there. So, I planned to be to do the Valderan 110k, which was start of maybe June, I think. So I like. Where does that take place? Uh, Valderan 110k is in the Pyrenees. It starts in a little town just on the other side of the Spanish border. So you start in Spain, or you might start in France and then go and then finish in Spain practically. So you go all the way along the border there. So that was, yeah, that was the start of June. And I'd always wanted to do a race in Europe and go to Europe for uh, like their summer season. And I'd always wanted to go to uh, Jordan and Egypt as well. So I thought Australia's a long way from everything. So if I'm going to go over that way, I might as well bloody stop in Jordan on the way. And then, yeah, I went to Jordan and then I realized like a week before I left that there might be some races, like little tune-up races that I could do. Cause I'm going to be running like 50 Ks on a bloody Saturday anyway. So I might as well do some cool little race and experience something cool. And then just so happened to be that there was a, yeah, a marathon on the sand in Wadi Rum at the top, like at the time I was going to be there. So I just signed up and then I like, changed some plans around when I was like I didn't have I had like a rough plan of what I was going to do in Jordan but not nothing booked I just had my flight booked to Jordan and my first hostel there so I, I was pretty free and then I met like this mad crew and I hung with them for like two weeks and then went down to uh, Wadi Rum and done that race and it was just yeah it was so insane just like Wadi I don't know if anyone listening like Wadi Rum is just like your classic like Mars setting in movies. Like it's just huge, like sandstone cliffs. Like I think it's called Ormishran is the name of the sandstone there. I don't know why I remember that, but I do. And it's just like this huge, like towering, like red, like sandstone cliffs. And then there's like this like copper colored, like sand that just, it's just flat sand over these huge cliffs. And the race starts at, um, at, I can't remember what the name of the camp was, but, it starts like when the sun's like starting to set and then you start running and it's like all under torchlight. So it's just like big like gaps between these like glow sticks. So you got to run between the glow sticks and we just do, you do like this huge loop through the desert for like all the cliffs and stuff like that. So it was just like, it was so insane. Uh, uh, it was just, it was crazy. Like I, I thought like the torchlight was going to be something that I would use more but i ended up turning it off because it was it's they put the race on that night because of the full moon it's like that's the whole idea of the race and you don't even need like torches to run through there it's just like illuminated by like this moonlight and you're just like running through the sand and it's like it's hot but it's like nighttime stuff it was, it was crazy it was so sick if anyone gets a chance to go over and do something like that like, definitely go and do it like it was so sick that's so majestic it sounds like majestic <laughs> it sounds yeah. so cool it was um like I had a big week of training and I didn't want to like change my training up too much for that race because it was just like a like a muck, muck around race. And then like the gun started and then the ego kicks in and you're like, oh shit, maybe I should just give this a bit of a nudge and then try and get the win. 
And then this like dude just like sprinted off the front, like went just gone crazy. Like he just started sprinting and then I'm like, oh, I'll just let him go. I might see him later. And I was with like a little pack. And then eventually like the pack just dropped off. And then it was just me like chasing this guy for 40Ks practically. And like it is bright out there, but he turned his headlamp off so he like no one could see where he was. But I could see where his um I could see his footprints in the sand because I was coming second, he was coming first. So he was like setting the trail practically. So I could just run on his his footsteps. So we had the same pace practically the whole time. But it's a, it, you do like a two loop. So eventually you go through all the things. So I didn't really know where he was. And then I turned my headlamp off. And then, yeah, we're just chasing each other for like the whole race. But I was chasing him the whole race. And then I got to the finish line. And he, he was, like, there, like, bent over, like, on his knees, like, spewing up and stuff like that. And then I was finished. I was, like, felt fine. And then, yeah, he was just, like, he, I don't know if he had, like, a bad day or something, but I he must have been. He must have knew where I was because the gap was about – he beat me by, like, three minutes. So he must have left me, like, run and scared the whole time, which is which made me feel good. But, yeah, and then I, I think I ran, like – 10k the next day so it was fine like it it, it hurts but like the b- bottom of your calf like really hurts a lot because you're like running on the sand and i like i was in heaps of pain after it and then all of a sudden it just like disappeared like 30 minutes later so it was weird and then i had to get a lift back because i was staying in the desert this random camp and then i just jumped in the car with these pommy guys and then i walked back over this big hill like in the middle of the night it was just like 12 o'clock at night i was in the desert in the middle east like trying to find my camp in, in the like in the dark. It was just like the most surreal experience. So yeah, it was it was sick. I got like this massive big trophy as well, like this big like stone trophy. I had to send it home. It cost like three hundred bucks to send home. I was just gonna leave it there, but then mum and dad were like, You're not bloody leaving that thing there. So I had to send it home. It was like three hundred and ten dollars or something like that. So yeah, that was such a sick experience. Like Yeah, I love Yeah, that. it's such a cool, such a cool story. And we're chatting about this before we start the pod, but like it just seems like, and all these things that you do, you just generate so many stories out of it. And I didn't know that this race was something that you just turned up and were like, oh, I may as well go on the race because it's literally just on the way, really, to my other race. But it's so cool. Like, imagine if you hadn't just taken that risk and gone in something like that. Like, you never would have known uh, that you would have actually gotten second in this race or had done this super romantic race by the moonlight or done something like hella cool, like just run through the desert in Jordan. Like that's that's pretty cool stuff. And like I'm sure so many people could uh, really appreciate having moments like that where they just kind of wing something like this and then go and try it and push themselves a bit. And at the end of the day, like you've got this sick story you can tell for the rest of your life. Yeah, it was very just like very serendipitous. Like it was just meant to happen, I guess. I was it. I had to go out of my way to go and do it, but I'm so glad I did. Like I had to practically travel from the top of Jordan to the bottom and backtrack on, on stuff that I'd already seen, but I didn't even like, didn't even worry about it. Sometimes in life, you just got to like, if you just got to do stuff, just say yes and just go and do it. So yeah, I'm so glad I've done it. That was like one of the highlights of my trip where I could, for sure. Mm. Yeah, it's so cool. And oh, yeah, I find there's something unique about being over there. Like that's it. I went to Ruddy Run, not to run, but I went there for a holiday like years ago and I found that place like that you said like it helps put you in perspective about 
how different the world is and how much how many, or how much the our cultures vary between other because it's incredible to see how people can live like that people like live in the desert like full time every single day of the year and you're like it's just crazy you can live through like harsh um hardship out there in, in the sand and how hot it gets and um and then you know next thing you know you're like in the in the mountains of spain and france and they've got a whole different life and they're you know climbing mountains every day and doing cool stuff like that and so i think like it's just so different to what we we have over here and i find like having those experiences we go and see something new and try something different and try a different kind of hard is is really cool for the gratitude as well yeah 100 it's you need like there's so much variety out there on this planet so you need to just go and like see it all because it's easy to get stuck in the whole like small town australian mentality like going to the pub get pissed and so yeah it's just so so much out there to see that, that trip just made me realize that i literally have seen nothing and i just need to go out and see it mm. so it seems like you're learning all these other lessons along the way trying to achieve something else like you're going out there to achieve uh you know improve, improve yourself as a runner and do these cool races actually challenge yourself but you're learning a lot of other lessons along the way which makes me kind of ask the question like what's what are some of the lessons that you've learned along the journey of being an endurance runner or putting yourself in these situations that have challenged you probably the biggest thing that i learned is that like whatever you, like it sounds so cliche but whatever you put your mind to you literally can do it like there's a lot of people that whinge about this situation, but there's always someone out there that's doing better than you are with worse. That's worse off. So like, if you, if you want to tell yourself that like all these excuses, like the amount of times I've heard people say, Oh, I'm not a runner. Like I don't have the knees for running. I'm like, you're talking to someone who's 86 kilos. Like someone that most of the people I'm racing are like 60 kilo people. Like, do I look like a runner? No, like I could easily use that excuse, but I know that, if you're just going to like tell yourself like excuses, like I, I was constantly telling myself excuses as a kid, like always, always telling myself excuses. That's why I was a chubby kid until I was like, like 14, 15. Like once you stop telling yourself all the lies, like once you stop believing all the lies in your head, like you can unlock so much of your potential. Like it's just, yeah. Run, running has just made me like even other aspects of my life. Like, I wasn't doing the gym when I started running. Like I was started running because I was like, I don't want to say depressed. I was probably just sad. And it just unlocked so much other stuff in my life, like with work and like the gym and like my eating and nutrition and like my confidence as a person. So it's just, yeah, I don't even know. It's just like running just like a perfect like metaphor for everything. I think like, it's just like whatever hard work that you put in, like you just get, you get results from it. Like if you put in the work, you're going to get results. Like it's no matter what, like running's like so perfect for that. Cause it's just like work equals results. Like it's the most simple thing. And that's probably what, what life's like as well. Like everything in life can just be related back to that same thing. Like if you just work hard, like you're going to get, you're going to achieve what you want. Like you, like hard work is like everything i find like yeah ever since i've known you that's been one thing you've always been really you've always preached is that hard work has got you to where you are and uh especially like when we used to go for runs like you could always tell um 
like your mindset was really attuned to just getting things done. And I remember the amount of times <laughs> where we uh chatting, I'm like, how's your body going? And you're like, oh yeah, I've had this like thing in my angle for another month and uh it hurts a lot when I run, but you know, I'll give it another month and see if it's any good and then I'll 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 might go see a physio or something. And so like it seems like you're constantly like having these checks on yourself where you're like, oh, if it's not hurting a little bit, it's probably not pushing me enough. And I find like, especially if you're going to take up saying like running, like running is, I think it's tough for everyone, no matter what place to start. Like it can be hard for the person running 25K on a Saturday to the person who picks up running and runs 2K on Saturday. Like it's all relative to every single person. And I'm sure that when you started running, when you're younger in your teenage years, you probably never thought that, that you'd be running these 110 mile races, you know, like yeah, actually like, pushing yourself to limit. But yeah. I'm sure at the time you're like, oh my God, if I can get to 5K, this is going to be amazing for me. It seems yeah. like just the repetitive amounts of hard work you've done over the years have put you in a position where you've built yourself to be a mentally resilient person and along the way been very physically resilient. But you've exceeded and fulfilled your dreams more than you could have imagined simply because you've made small steps in the act of hard work. Yeah. Well, when I first started running, like I started running when I was about 22 and like I first was doing like three K runs down to my local bridge. Like I, I still run past there every day nearly. And I used to run down and scratch, like I'd find a, a pebble and like scratch into the concrete like that I ran down there that day and there's probably about 30 or 40 scratches in there now and they're still there which is cool like I look at it all the time it just reminds me of like where I've come from like I used to have like a little iPod I listen to music I click the timer on my iPod and then I'd pause it when I got to the bridge three k's down there and see how my time was and then have a little breather and then run run the three k's back so I never started doing like 100 and bloody 10k races like from the start like it all starts you got to start slowly and build your way up a lot of people that i've seen lately because ultra running and running in general is like starting to take off like insanely it's going crazy a lot of people just want to jump like straight into like the 100ks and stuff like that but it took me like i I mean it took me a year to get to 100ks which is probably like it's still way too quick. Like I jumped into the ultras like way too fast. So you can't really, you can't rush it. Suddenly you've got to slowly build your way up and like the delayed, delayed gratification, I guess you could call it of like training for a race and not like going out and pushing yourself. Cause I see a lot of people like around here, they're just like, they, they don't let their egos go when they go for a run. They're racing themselves every Saturday on the long run. Like the guys that I see that are like trying to break like three hours in the marathon, but like they're running, like they're practically racing themselves every single Sunday on their long runs. And then they get to race day and then they cook it and they can't get there. Like they, you got to like, you need to have the delayed gratification to train smart and be dedicated to holding that pace and not going too fast and not like cooking yourself and then when you actually get to race day then you can like really push yourself and like you got to be disciplined enough like you got to be disciplined enough to go for the run in the first place but you also got to be disciplined enough to not like try and impress people on Strava and you got to like actually go slow and run something that's going to be like good for your training so yeah that's it 
another thing on like race day that helps me out like when I'm really struggling it's just like I've just worked three or four months into the lead up to this race I've sacrificed so much time and now that I'm here like if I'm if my legs are a little bit sore then like I've just sacrificed all this stuff so like you might as well put it all on the line on race day and just like get it done and just don't be a sook and just get it and just finish like no one's ever died from having sore legs before so that's something that I just look back on race day like yeah if you've done all the work and you had the discipline so you might as well just like go hard on race day and like if it hurts like it's meant to hurt that's like it's a privilege sore legs is a privilege yeah brilliant love that one um yeah, it is so right like doing those hard things and making yourself a bit sore is, is a privilege right um yeah. but i found that what you said then about strava i'm like i find like strava is like instagram it's like everyone wants to put in their best photo or their best race for the like you can't run a light run and not say did a light run today or like a or like a, and, or you can pb you can't you can either pb or you can say um oh i'm feeling off today thought i'd go for a light run it's never like <laughs> this is part of like the process of getting better it's like everyone wants to post the best photo everyone wants to post the best run and then uh and so i find like even still like pit wheel get caught up in that uh ability to be very superficial in what we're doing but I think, like I said, it's really important to continue to be grateful for the opportunity to be putting yourself through this and not actually thinking so much about what other people think and just what it's going to mean to you when you get over the race, uh, over the race finish line. Yeah. Without yeah. A doubt. Um, well, in terms of failure, right? Like you mentioned that delaying gratification is really important, but well, has there been any kind of setbacks or failures in your career that kind of taught you something because well if there's one thing i remember you did is when you did the 260k coast to cozy which is coming out very soon and i want to hear about that but i remember you mentioned during the thing at the end of the race because i saw you coming down on on poles and that was the most sore i've ever seen a man in my life <laughs> you were in a lot of strife <laughs> but how did that kind of how did you rate that race and like what did you did you find that as like a setback or a failure or how did you see that shape in your career as endurance runner? Yeah, that, I don't think I've had one race like over 100K that I have been happy with, like realistically. Like I still haven't nailed one yet and that's what, like, that's what I'm constantly chasing. So like I'm always... I get to the finish line, like, Costa Cozzi was, like, I had this big goal, like, stupid goal to go under 30 hours to try and finish the race in under 30 hours, which is which is stupid. And it was, like, I had to aim really high to even get anywhere near that. But And that's what I'm going to try and do again this year. But it's, like, such a long race that it's it's so hard to, like, even, like, you can lose, like, two hours, three hours so easily just by doing the littlest things wrong. So, like, I, I wouldn't say it was a setback. Like, I, I was proud of myself that I could finish the race because that's obvious, that should be the main thing that you should be worried about is finishing the race. But I was still disappointed in the, my time. But, like all, my, like, all my family were, like, so happy and, like, all my friends were, like, so proud and stuff like that. So, I just have to, like, kind of realise that 
it might just be a time goal in your head that you're worried about, but finishing the race should be like the main thing. So, yeah, I don't know. Like, I wouldn't say it was a failure. Like, I wasn't super happy with myself, but I'm proud that I could finish that because it was like probably the hardest. Like I had this little knee injury going into the race, like patellofemoral pain in my knees. And like during the race, it started about 80Ks in, it started to hurt again. So I, like I'd been working in these knee sleeves, like I just put the knee sleeves on and that would like feel a bit better at work and stuff like that. But then I've decided to put it on in the race, but I've never ever run in knee sleeves in my whole life. And then I decided to do it in like one of the most important races of my life. And then it just like cooked me, like cooked my knees so badly. Like everything around it just got so tight. And I got to the end, like I got like the last 80 Ks I had to walk. I couldn't even, I couldn't even literally take one extra step. And that could have been from the knee sleeves or it could have been that I went out too hard or wasn't eating properly or and you've just run 200 and bloody 20 Ks. So <laughs> the, the last, yeah, the last actual running step I took in the past, like last like 70 K that race was just over the finish line. So <laughs> I was so cooked and I could have easily have pulled out, but I'd sacrificed so much. And I think you should always, if you can finish, like I don't understand when a, like a professional pulls out of a race because they can like recalibrate, and start keep training and like do another race but i've sacrificed so much for that race and like put so much effort and like time and a shitload of money into it so like you have to finish it so yeah i was proud of myself for finishing but i could definitely do better that's what i'm going to go back and do this year i'm going to redeem myself and finish how i want to finish this year so fingers crossed if i don't do it this year I'll, eventually i'll do it again at some point <laughs> It's amazing. Been, you just... I was probably just rambling. I don't even, can't even remember what the question was, but it's just must. <laughs> no, I think you answered pretty well because yeah. I think that. Well, I just think it's amazing how, although you went through that much pain, and that it was a real struggle, and you feel like you didn't do very well, but you're willing to turn around and do it again within the next year, which is insane. Because for those who don't know, the Coast to Cozy race, it's from it starts in I believe it starts in Eden in the New South Wales South Coast and runs all the way up to the top of Australia in Kosciuszko. Uh, and it's about 200, 240K, is it 220K? Yeah, 246. 246K. And the record is about 24 hours. 24 hours. So it's, it's pretty, that's pretty quick. It's pretty insane. Like you can imagine that when people are going through this race, they don't sleep. All they do is just try and keep moving, refuel when they can, and continue to push as far as the minds can go. But it's it's incredible to see like the amount of resolve you can get within a twenty four to forty eight hour period for most people. Like it's it's absolutely insane to continue to push yourself for that long and and see what your body's capable of. Even though that, like I said, a lot of people have tried this race and many do fail. It don't even get near the finish line. And then they'll try and go again. And in your case, you do finish, but on, you know, could almost put you in hospital with the amount of injuries you probably got out of that thing. But I think it's like, it's so incredible to be able to continue to see that this can be a real benefit to you and they can continue to push and not just think that this is going to be a waste of time or a failure. 
there's actually like a stepping stone to doing it again or to even improving your life and other aspects that you mentioned previously, whether it's like nutrition or training better or practicing your mental capability or maybe use it for like uh, relationships with yourself and with other people. But I find it's very inspiring to be able to continue to pick your legs up again and plan it out again, knowing that you're going to go through a whole lot of pain just to just to kind of complete this 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 race you've had on. So I think it's really impressive. But do you think there's is there anything that you'd like to change or is there anything that you have learned along the way that you're like, well, I'm definitely going to do that this this time? Yeah. Well the biggest thing that probably the biggest failure I had last year was like I don't know if it was the knee sleeves or what. So my knees were like the biggest thing that really cooked me on that. So I've been doing lots of strength work and I was doing strength work at that time, but just not the right strength work. So now I've implemented like a lot of, a lot of leg training and like strengthening my knees and quads around that area. So I don't think that'll be too much of a factor. Like your legs are going to break down on a race like that either way. So you just got to try and delay that as much as possible. And in my training as well, like I've been doing lots of like walking uphill because this, the race has 5,000 metres elevation gain in it because you're going from the sea level to the top of Australia and everything in between like that. So you have to walk all the uphills. There's no one, like even the guy that done it in 24 hours, he's just a weapon. Like I'm pretty sure he was still walking most of the uphills. So it's it's quite, 5,000 5, metres over 240K is quite gradual, but most of the, most of the ascent is in like, quick stints so you're like kind of running flat and then you're like boom and then it's like flat and then it's like up again and then it's flat and then it's up and then the last 40 k's is all uphill all the way to the top of Kosciuszko so I'm, I'm doing implementing lots of like walking into my running as well so that's another thing I had to do like you got to really like got to drop the Strava ego like my half marathon time is like one hour 18 minutes which is like th- in the three minute 30 or three minute 40k region so that's like what i want to be running at because that's what I, that's what my fastest but then like on a sunday long run i've got to like drop back to like seven minute k's or like 10 minute k's when i'm walking uphill so you really got to drop all the strive i had to drop all of the strive ego and i'm not perfect but i'd try and like leave that out as much as possible and like really slow my long runs down on the weekend that's something I tried to do last year, but I, I didn't do enough of it. So you really got to like get your muscles ready to be like just walking uphill for a long time and then running like the flats. Like I should, I should be trying to do like six minute 30 to like seven minute 30 kilometers, like on the flats in this race, which is like, that's for me, that's quite slow, but I have really have to like make sure that I like, I have to do that. or I'm going to cook myself. Like, Last year, I thought I was going slow, but I was still running like five minute thirties to like six minute thirties. And I thought like at the time it felt slow, but I got to the hundred K point and I was like, so I'm like, all right, I feel a little bit shit now. So I obviously had cooked myself doing that. And I just have to realize at the time I'm going to feel good, but you really have to hold yourself back. Cause yeah, last time I didn't hold myself back enough, obviously. And that was probably like an ego thing as well. Cause I was just like, I think I'm the young one of the youngest persons to ever finish this race. So I had like this little chip on my shoulder, like this heavy young kid coming in, like I wanna try and like I wanna win this fucking race, but like I was never gonna win it. 
So I was in like the top, I was in like the top 10, I think, for like the first like 100K and then just blew up really badly. And then everyone caught up to me and I faded to like 22nd in the whole race. So I would look like the biggest idiot. So that's something I have to really do this year as well, <laughs> just to like stop myself from going out hard. Another thing is the food as well. Like uh, I can usually get a fair amount of food down, but when you're like 20 hours into a race, like, all the blood is like going to your legs and going to your body and you're starting to swell up. Like I got so like swollen in that race. It was so weird. So obviously I had no blood going to my stomach for digestion. So I really have to force feed myself. Like, you know, those guys that eat the hot dogs really fast and they put water in their mouth and eat the hot dog. That's pretty much what I've got. <laughs> yeah. So I have to tell my crew to like, to force feed me like bloody foie gras or something like that. Like the ducks, I really have to eat a lot as much as I can this year and last year also where I wore like all black which is so dumb because it's like the first day of summer looks cool though looks super super cool but that's why I done it and I paid the price dearly for it so this year I'm going all white and then like I might wear a long sleeve as well so depending on how hot it is but I'll see what the goal is so yeah it's lots of things to improve on and like little stuff in the race like I would it got to the stage where I was like, I just need to get this finished. I don't care about my time. Like, I'm shot. My legs are cooked. I just want to get this finished. So, like, I was the last aid station when I was walking – or the second last aid station when I was walking down into Jindabyne. Like, I had to walk down the hill backwards because, like, my knees were so, like, cooked. And then I probably sat down at that checkpoint for 10, 15 minutes longer than I had to while, like, my crew was working on me, like, working on my legs and, like, trying to get food down. So, this time I'm just going to, like – just keep going. Like I might stop for five minutes, but like there's a saying in post because he's like, beware of the chair. A lot of people like there's this aid station in the middle of the night. Usually you get there in the middle of the night in Dalgetty. It's like 150 Ks in and there's like this nice warm school hall and they've got soup and like blankets and stuff like that. And I'm not, I'm not even walking anywhere near that place. I'm walking straight past it. Like I'm not going in there. So I just got to like get up and keep going. Like if I can, if I can sit down and eat, I can surely I can just walk slowly and eat as well. So, yeah, moving aid stations in this race, I'm trying. I'm not going to try and sit down at all. But there will be times where I have to sit down a little bit. But yeah, just try and just keep moving. So, there's unlimited stuff that I could try and fix this year. So yeah, it's the it's a good thing that um giving me a bit of confidence because I know there's lots of stuff I can improve on. So I really want to try and beat my time from last year by a fair bit. So I'm just going to give it a red hot crack. See how we go. Yeah, brilliant. Well, it's it's great that you've had the perspective to actually look back and see the lessons they need to learn and yeah. make the changes you need to because it could be something as simple as, um, like I said, changing up the food a little bit or, or it could be something like just walking directly past the aid station because, like I said, if you get too comfortable, then that's usually when a lot of people stop when you get yourself out of that mental zone. Um, because there's there actually a video part of you is in the video for Coast to Cosy this year from the last year's race and you, I think you're caught in in your chair on the side of the road you've got your sunnies on in your cool black outfit and you're going to see like the pain in your face but you still like give it like a shuckers or something like <laughs> trying to keep your spirits up like I couldn't imagine I couldn't imagine sitting in the chair and then trying to like get yourself up out of it again to keep going yeah it's a struggle but that's what we signed up for so Got to get it done. That's it. It's a privilege. <laughs> um, well, there's 
one thing, well, a couple of things I've taken out of this chat so far. I think a lot of it's been around like perspective, like perspective others, perspective of yourself in a previous sense, and maybe like in perspective of like your future, future like you know delayed gratification you mentioned, and a few other things. But I find that the perspective that you have is is very wise, and also although you said you don't practice gratitude you know, on a daily basis, I do find that in a lot of things you've said, you do practice it in some sense, whether you're um, super aware of it or not. I do find that you, in a lot of the conversations you've had, you've had a lot of moments of appreciation, whether it's you, you know, going back to that time where you're scratching your mark into the rock or being in a position where you're traveling around and being like, oh, this is actually really nice to be, to see where I am and that like pressure is a privilege and and just like all the different things I've had along the way or whether it's even getting to the race in the first place and when you thought you were going to be injured a couple of weeks out like I do find that they're probably the biggest thing two biggest things I've learned from this is definitely perspective and the ability to have like moments of appreciation and gratitude for for life yeah yeah um but there's always a question I like to finish off with all my uh guests and that's what's something that you're taught by a parent or role model that you had you know growing up in your family and you'd love to pass on to the next generation i don't think like my mum and dad would never really like sit me down and like give me life lessons they kind of just like they would just do and i would just learn from it like my mum and dad my mum's a police woman and she's been in the cops for like over 30 years and dad's been in the steelworks at Paul Campbell there for like over 30 years as well. And they just like, they just, they just show up to work every single day. They just don't complain. They just get it done. And they, I just, that's something that I always rubbed off on me. So like in many ways, I'm like quite different to my mum and dad, but who I am like fundamentally as a person was something that I just, they didn't even really have to teach me. They just like showed me, I guess. So yeah, they've just been in their jobs for so many years that I think the hard work that they put in has just like rubbed off on me. And like, they used to do like lots of volunteering for like the footy club and stuff. Like they were super involved. I gave all of their time for like me and my brother and then as well as the footy club. So there's like, there's lots of things like, that they would do that would just rub off on me and my brother. And like my brother's in the steelworks now and he's like super hard worker as well. He just doesn't complain about it. He just gets it done. So I think, yeah, just hard work. That's where it just comes back to hard work. Like that's what's rubbed off on me from my mum and dad. So I would, like, I wish I could learn this. Like I wish I knew the stuff that I knew now because it, it was always my dream to be in some kind of like professional athlete. And I kind of just got a little bit lost in my teenage years with partying and like girls and surfing and shit like that. So I wish I had like could just go back and tell myself to dedicate myself like my life to something like that. So that's probably the biggest thing that I would tell kids is to just like find something that you're passionate about and just work so hard and just keep grinding until you get there because you 100% do it. If, if you're young enough and you really want to do something, like you could seriously be like the best in the world or whatever you want to do you just got to work so hard so yeah that's probably the thing i would want to pass on to people the most i think 
yeah, perspective is a beautiful thing. And I do believe that I reckon a lot of the most important conversations I've had throughout my life were from mentors in a position where they not exactly pushed me or told me to do anything particular, but they helped like guide you along the way through actions or telling stories and not necessarily about, yeah, just telling you this is what you should do and whatnot, but kind of giving you like a bit of life experience and a bit more knowledge. And I feel like having those conversations, those experiences are one of the best things that, you know, I've I've definitely had along the way. And it sounds like you've got that as well from your parents where just being able to see them do hard work, not necessarily them telling you and complaining about how hard work is, but them turning up every day and doing it has been massive. And I find that that's one of the best things we can do as role models is, is be that person who just does it, doesn't complain about it, doesn't tell you how it should be, but just shows you the way. And having that different perspective, I think, is really important, particularly for teenagers. Like, it's a very impressionable time. We get distracted a lot. But if we can have someone who can help show us the way and guide us along the way, I feel like our decision-making will be a lot more authentic for us and we'll do the thing that we know is best for us rather than get caught up in all the noise. Yeah, for sure. I, I really... I can't wait till I'm like in the position to be able to like help people out. So it's some something I've really been enjoying lately. Like I'll get messages from people on the internet, and I like to get so much out of helping people. So that's something I really want to explore down the line because yeah, it's just a good feeling. So hopefully, I'm in that position to pass on. Like I'm not, I'm not saying I have it all figured out, but some of the stuff that I've learned from all this stuff, I hope I can can pass that on to somebody else one day or to multiple people. So. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, absolutely. I think from you doing all the hard stuff already, I think you've accelerated your learning through all these lessons. So I I believe you are in a position where I could definitely call on you for advice for a lot of different things in my life. Um, and I know that a lot of other people could do the same too. So yeah, it'd be really good to see you, yeah, maybe taking up a coaching role in the future or doing something where you can help people because you're clearly very passionate about it and you've got a lot of different lessons and stories that other people will find priceless. So I'd love to, yeah, continue to see you grow a long way. So um, anywhere, where can we find you on social? So if someone wants to reach out and actually get some advice from you or ask you questions and and see what you're doing because you've got the Coast to Cozy race in 20 days. So if someone wants to get in touch and see you along the way, then um, how can they find you? Uh, it's, yeah, Instagram is probably the one that I use the most, just Zach underscore O'Neill, so Z-A-C underscore O-N-E-I-L. That's probably the best one. I've kind of been putting a little bit more effort into the social media type of stuff because I enjoy making videos and stuff like that. And I've got some little videos on YouTube as well, so you can probably find my YouTube page in my Instagram bio as well. It's nothing like professional or anything. It's just like a throw together of clips, but... I enjoy doing that as well. So there's some some stuff on there too. So yeah. Nice. Well I find that I find your content is is amazing to watch because it's very genuine, authentic, and it's not too flashy. It's just more hard work and showing you what you're going through. I think it's yeah. pretty cool. But although you do have some pretty sick sunnies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sunny game is sunny game is something that I'm very passionate about. So I probably use the same sunnies I wore last year actually, because I love them ones too much. So <laughs> An eye out for keep an eye out for my sunny game. <laughs> yeah. Well, Zach, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for coming on. It's been um 
Thanks, yeah, I definitely learned a lot. I'm sure a lot of other people learn a lot too. So, um, yeah, very excited to see how you go on the race and, yeah, just get at it. Crazy. Thanks. What an amazing episode with Zach. As you can see, he draws a lot of motivation from the role models in his life, which is something that I can agree with as well, something that I resonate with in my life as well. So I do believe that there is such an amazing thing to being a role model for people around you, whether you realize that you are that person or not, you should take note of that. Also, what a great uh, conversation we had around gratitude and using it in times when we are struggling. I do find that gratitude can be found in the great things when we have great times in life. We can also find it when we're struggling and trying to push through challenges. It's something that I believe that we should be practicing on a daily basis and you can see how it can actually be uh, beneficial when you do use it for something like going in a race and running first marathon or even first 10K, whatever it is. As you can see through Zach's demeanor, it's like he keeps things very lighthearted, but he's also just a hard-working guy. He just pushes and pushes, and if you met him in person, seeing what he does, then you would absolutely know that's for sure. Uh, and he loves to back, uh, well, to go against stereotypes, which is which is great because there should be more people out there trying to do that same thing, trying to push themselves to the limit and really make sure that stereotypes are not getting in the way of being the person that you want to be. So I can't left this episode very inspired and thinking about all the amazing things that I can do in my life. So I hope you are too. Anyways, that's all for today. I hope you enjoyed that. Make sure you stay tuned for more episodes as we're getting more and more guests on. So until next time.